you wanted the best and you got whatever the fuck Peter Chris's solo album is on the Metal Shop Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Metal Shop Podcast with me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And this time we are celebrating the final KISS show ever, which is supposed to take place December 2nd and will be, of course, a pay-per-view event. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be paying for it, but I'll be watching it one way or the other. <laughs> In the house. And so we'll be getting into, uh, to celebrate that, we'll be getting into... Our uh, making of one album out of the four Kiss solo albums that came out in '78. The they were um, the ones that were the best received were Ace Frehley's and uh, Paul Stanley's, and then Gene Simmons and Peter Chris also made albums. So we're gonna make a mashup of those. And um, Castleberry actually made a playlist, so it's gonna hopefully play like an album. And uh, we're going to do that to celebrate this final KISS show. Judas Priest has also announced a tour for next year, as Iron Maiden has announced a tour for next year. But Judas Priest has come with a new album that's going to be released before the tour. And they've come out with a couple of songs before the album, like teasers. One called Trial by Fire and one called Panic Attack. So what are your uh, impressions on these ones? You know, um... I, I dig them enough. Uh, Trial by Fire uh, actually released this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever this goes up, this, you know, <laughs> this is day of, you know, that we got that dropped. And they had teased it for a few days before. I like Panic Attack more. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing. I like the music on Panic Attack more but I think I like the lyrics for trial by fire more than the lyrics of panic attack. Mm-hmm. So if you could kind of smash them together, you got like one pretty sick song. They're like, you know, the <clears throat> panic attack when that dropped, I got a very power metal vibe out of it. Like yeah. it was really letting Richie kind of show off, have his influence on there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then trial by fire. Um, I don't want to say it's a more standard, priest song because it's not like it doesn't sound like a classic priest song it sounds like any judas priest song circa 2000 
type of thing. Like, you know what, you know what you're going to get at this point, you know what the guitar sounds going to be and everything else. Um, I enjoyed it. I only listened to it a couple times this morning, but it felt a little thin. Like mm-hmm. there was something kind of missing in the instrumentals for me there. There just, it wasn't that fat riff or anything in there kind of right. Um, anchoring it. So I was, I'm like, okay. I mean, overall I'm, I'm excited about this. I loved the last album firepower. That was if, if you recall what we did, uh, what was our favorite albums of the year and this and that, or actually is our favorite of the, uh, decade. Wasn't it? I think like I said, uh, firepower is my favorite metal album of the 2010s. Cause that dropped 2019. I think yeah, it was. very well could be. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. So I'm hoping that, you know, the whole album is pretty solid. I think it's been a pretty good few years for classic metal bands mm-hmm. and, you know, putting out stuff, you know, in the twilight of their careers. That's, pretty good and you know you have to take out that nostalgia factor because you're never going to like the new songs as much as you like the songs that you heard when you were a teenager right but if you try to if you take that out there it's good they're they're fun to listen to i kind of wish we had a little bit more from newer bands uh to kind of because i feel like we're kind of not that metal's dying. There's a fuck ton of metal out there. Right. But um, once the vanguards, you know, kind of age out, there's going to be a huge gap in. Yeah, there's going to be a, there's tons of bands I'd love to see live. I don't think any of them are going to sell out an arena or anything like that, though. And that's yeah. the thing like and even Priest is kind of doesn't always sell out arenas in the States and their, their tour for next year is all going to be on the East coast. So I'm not even going to get to see it. Um, and then they're doing some dates in Europe, but yeah, like, you know, priest made in Metallica, they can still sell out state Metallica stadiums. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> priest can sell out stadiums in like South America and Europe and shit like that. Not as much in the States, but they still, they sell out arenas or, you know, whatever the fuck, you know, the Chula Vista sleep train. Yeah. Uh, I still call it Coors. Coors, <laughs> ampl- <laughs> you know, amphitheater is. I mean, it's not a stadium. It's not an arena. Yeah. It's pretty big. It's a big ass theater outside. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, it looks, it looks like a sellout when we saw them. I don't know. But, yeah. And they're coming back there next year. Right. But then, like, who's after that? Avenge Sevenfold? Like, yeah. Yeah. They're the next biggest ones, and mm, their last album fucking ate a dick. Right. You know, and one of the things that, that is kind of happening, and it's happening with, with Priest, is that, you know, the younger member has his other band, and those bands will hopefully carry on for a while. I love that Elegant Weapons album. Uh, I think that's a great band. So, you know, so those are going to be some of the bands that we can kind of cling to. And maybe those bands will still play like some of the, maybe Elegant Weapons will play some Judas Priest shit, you know, uh, live. Who knows? But but I agree with you. And the thing about it is that the, the bunch of metal bands that are around now 
they're metal for sure, but they're not necessarily necessarily our style of metal. So it's almost like being like a rap fan. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I was a rap fan. I like Tupac, but that doesn't mean I like this mumble shit that's going on now. You know what I mean? So it's 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 going to be different, you know. Um, as far as these two songs, I kind of liked them. You know, uh, the music is good. They sound good. The only thing is that they seem a little bit cut and paste for me. There isn't anything really surprising about it, you know. The Trial by Fire, it was I like the, I like the both intros of both of the songs. And the Trial by Fire intro almost reminded me like of a victim of changes kind of thing. And so I dug that, but I kind of didn't like the way the lyrics are put together with the music. It's just very, you know, monotone and cut and dry and and kind of um Almost like if you if you told AI to make you a Judas Priest song, you know, or Andrew Watt or, or something like that <laughs> to make you have a Judas Priest song. But they do still suffer from some of the same old things that Judas Priest has always suffered from, like weak choruses, you know, because like on Panic Attack, there ain't much lazier a chorus than Panic Attack, Panic Attack. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, uh... But so so put it this way, I like it, and if I was stuck uh, in a room with it, I would bump the shit out of it, you know, and and probably get to like it a lot more. But I don't think I'll I don't think these songs are on the um, are on par with Firepower, and if these are the best songs, hopefully they're not. Then eh, I don't know, but we'll see. You know, maybe these are maybe these are the more commercially viable songs and the songs that I like I'll like are more deeper on the album. So we'll see on that one. Yeah, I think um like you said so far I haven't heard anything as good as, you know, some of the best stuff on Firepower, but that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't anything that good on it. We'll have to see when the full album releases and that's March of next year. So right. we got a little ways. We're probably going to get like another single or two in between mm-hmm. um you know right now i would kind of put it from what i've heard of this i'd put it kind of on maybe the same level as like redeemer of souls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um stuff where when that came out i was like oh this is all right you know like it, it doesn't have like any of my favorite priest tracks on it by any means but I didn't hate listening to it. But then it's like a lot of them didn't stand out to me either. Like I can't, I couldn't tell you what Dragon Knot sounds like now, or you know, Secrets of the Dead or Battle Cry or whatever the fuck was on that. <laughs> you know, like I'm just looking over the track track list there. I can't remember any of those, and that's partially because I haven't listened to too much. Partially because I'm fucking old. Like I get to that point where. I listen to the new shit for a band I like, and I'll be like, oh, that's sick. And then I'll be like, oh, what was that song? Like 10 minutes later, you know, right. I'm kind of yeah. like that after we fucking gushed over the last Metallica album. I'm even with like that with that, you know, where it's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I remember now. I like that one. <laughs> you know, Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's true, um, because since we've reviewed that album, I've maybe listened to it maybe three, four times since then 
you know so it is just uh, um, one of those things with you know the attachment that you get towards the old shit and that's just what you know comes up you know and and it's not just us because like Lonnie has Apple Music I always go back to that and they make playlists for her and shit and the playlists that they make are you know when they play Judas Priest they play old Judas Priest they don't play new Judas Priest they don't you know play um the new Iron Maiden you know so I guess you know it's kind of universal that way yeah it's kind of funny going back to that with Spotify I don't know if maybe like that that's how they um maybe they pay to get certain things bumped you know because for a minute when I would just be like oh you know you know, Alexa, play, play Iron Maiden while I'm like doing dishes or something like that. Um, for a while, when I'd ask, you know, my device to play uh, Iron Maiden, it would fucking start with the uh, writing on the wall every okay. single time. Oh, okay. so it's like here's the new single from Iron Maiden. Right, fucking love it, and. It hasn't really done that with uh, Priest when I do that. Interesting. I'll, I'll get like Living After Midnight or, you know, um, Painkiller or something to start off. But it hasn't it hasn't just offered up like, hey, here's the here's the newest song. Right. So, I mean, maybe Judas Priest needs to get in on that. You know, that's maybe. funny because like back in the day. They used to have, you know, people who would go to the radio stations with, hey, here's this new album in the album uh, cover. There's a couple grams of Coke, you know, play the shit out of this one. It was called Payola back in the days Mm -hmm. and it was totally illegal. But now it's like embraced. It's like, yeah, go for it. You know, it's all good. But yeah, I could see that happening. I could, you know, pay to play is, you know, I mean. It's the way of everything now, even festivals and shit. So, yeah. Yep. The modern bringer <laughs> show of rock and roll. Fucking A, dude. Yep. Uh, okay, so on for our main topic. I like that this uh, conveniently coincided with the uh, the KISS final show thing that they announced mm-hmm. because we've been trying to put this up. Trying to record this thing for a couple weeks now, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got sick, you got sick, that I got sick again. That's the problem, man. If you all want to listen to some old fucks do a podcast about old metal, old fuck problems come up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Like, oh man, I'm a my I ate something for lunch that disagreed with me, and I'm <laughs> shit my guts out. I got to cancel, or you know. My arthritis is acting up. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, it's um, real now. So, when, you know, we took a little bit of time off here. We had a lot of things going on for both of us. Uh, I'm about a month away from, well, actually, more like a few weeks from graduating from state. So, Woo-hoo! I finally have all this free time again. Does that mean you're going to move out of that neighborhood now? <laughs> uh, the plan is eventually but we're also in a situation where this is what we can fucking afford Mm -hmm. because uh rent is expensive as hell if you're not embedded in a spot where they can limit how much they raise your rent per year right and um apparently 
we may be the longest tenured people at my complex now. Oh, wow. Um, so our uh, office called up my wife and sent emails to both of us for applications to be a, a resident advisor. Oh, um, shit. Which sounds like I had to make sure I'm like, it sounds like being a narc, but it be the house dad. Well, basically what we're supposed to do is Roxy's going to do it and I can just do it if she's not up to it. Um, every weekend, like Saturday and Sunday, just an hour each day. Uh, we're supposed to, if they have us do this, they're supposed to, we're supposed to just walk the complex and just kind of s- note damages or anything like that and let the front office know. So none of that bullshit like, oh, this fool has his fucking Christmas lights up. Like, right, right, no, right, right. None right. of that because I would not do that. I have a. Just there's some broken shit. Yeah, strict, yeah. no snitching policy. There you go. That's <laughs> but good. They they might uh it looks like they might credit credit us a bit on our rent if we do that. Ooh, that's nice. Shit. So yeah, it's a little bit uh you know, a little bit up there. So yeah, that's a incentive to stick around a little bit longer, but Well, I was rolling through your neighborhood the other day and it must have been um girls go out exercising hour. Oh, that's every fucking hour. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it was quite a show, quite a little, quite a show for the uh, for old Big Frog there. Yeah, Roxy keeps you know she keeps telling me, um, I don't care if you look, just don't fucking stare. Right. And I just I don't know if it's a trap, so I still don't. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just yeah. got my blinders on. Like I I joke that anytime I'm coming home, I can't look in any direction. Yeah for long because over the summer especially when it's like rush week right at the sororities and they're like okay well if you want to get in this sorority you gotta fucking run around in your bikini all day yeah. or some shit and it's like <laughs> god damn <laughs> yeah and yeah. now i'm like uh, i'm still getting used to the fact that you know at least now that i'm almost done i'm not gonna have to deal with it directly mm. But being in classes with people that I'm technically old enough to be their dad yeah, is a weird vibe uh, when you're trying to do shit. So, Because every once in a while, I'll just say some old dude shit, and they're like, yeah, you can't talk like that anymore, man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> There you go. So that's what the podcast is for. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we can still yeah, talk like that. Yeah, I could call shit gay all I want. There you go. <laughs> all right. So... Um, since you're the one that made the playlist, we'll go ahead and run with that. So, all right, let me, yeah, let me go back to my playlist. Yeah. When I came up with this idea, we, I kicked it around a while back before I just thought it'd be interesting to, is it possible to make a, a good kiss album out of the four solo albums? Cause the solo albums were received with, as you said, with varying degrees of, uh, you know, critical acclaim. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was generally when it came out, the general consensus was the ACE album is the best one. Mm -hmm. If you're going to get any of them, get that. It's the, it's just a good, great, straightforward rock one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Paul one is pretty solid. And then it's kind of a drop off. Mm -hmm. Like you don't hear too much good about the, you know, the gene one. And I think part of that is because the Gene one's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Even more so than the the Peter Chris one, which we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the 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 Gene one 
I think people expect it because, you know, everything else is kind of what you were used to. The Ace one was, it sounded like all the Ace songs that he'd already written and stuff. So it's it's not a huge departure. The Paul one sounds like, you know, a Star Child album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Peter Chris one fucking sucks, but it sounds like a Peter fucking Chris album because yeah. he's into that shit. He was the one that, you know. They had a hit with one of his ballads, so they were like, oh, well, you're the balladeer. Right. You're going to play these songs, or you're going to sing the songs that Ace is too shy to sing right now. Right. Until Ace finally stepped it up. So it's not, I mean, it's, like I said, I cannot stress this enough. The Peter Chris album sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is a hard, it's a, it's hard to listen to. Yeah. The Gene one, you expect the demon and mm-hmm. that's not what you get. Right. You got shit that sounds like he's trying to be the Beatles. You got shit where he's singing When You Wish Upon a Star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fucking weird. And I, you know what? I kind of give him a little respect for taking that swing because it's definitely, he went, he went outside the box with it. He wanted to have some more of his influences come in. Right. And I'm, I don't like it very much, <laughs> but... I can respect at least the effort there, but yeah, the, uh, the rule I came up with for this was 10 tracks had to be w- at least one track from each one. Right. So that was really me when I came up with this idea being like, man, if I got to listen to this Peter Chris bullshit, big frog needs to listen to it too. Yeah. Uh, cause yep. and ooh, it's fucking tough. Just picking one out of there. I, it really became, which is the less sucky song. Right. And I'm going to cram that in the middle. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, let me, let me give you my impressions of, of the albums as, you know, the funny thing about it is, like you said, Peter Chris had had his hit with, with Beth. So he was fancied himself a songwriter, you know, a lot of cocaine involved in that, in that delusion also. You know, um, Ace was wanting to leave the band. He wasn't showing up for shit. I'm sure that Paul and Gene thought, you know, at the end of this time that Ace is going to have a bunch of blank tape because that motherfucker is not going to show up for that shit either. You know, so um, I'm sure they were shocked when that's not what they got, you know. And the thing about it is that Ace's album, like... You know, Kiss went through the rough patches in their first albums because the album sounded dead and they sounded very like, you know, studio and recorded one track at a time and had no live feel to it. And then they learned when they released Alive and that became their first huge album that people like that live vibe and how they, how they sound live and Ace did that in the studio on his album and the rest of them didn't like you know Gene's album sounds like a bunch of demos you know and not that they couldn't be some of them couldn't be good songs but they were didn't seem like finished products and uh for for Gene's and for Peter's there's really like no performances on there you know there's not a great guitar solo on either one of those albums. 
There's not like a really great vocal performance on any of those albums. You know, you'd think on you'd think Peter's album would feature drums, but instead it sounds like it was like recorded in a piano bar or some shit. You know? <laughs> so at the shout house. Right? Gene, like you said. He could have dug into the fucking the demon. He could have he could have invented black metal on this album, you know, but he decided to do some kind of weird shit. And and that's fine. The only other the only other album that I really liked besides um besides Aces is Paul's because it kind of sounds the most like a Kiss album. And he had, you know, Bob Kulik on it. He had uh, Carmine a piece on it. He had some dudes on it, and it's got some performances on it. Besides what Paul does, you know, so that's where I think. And, and you know, there are some people who think Paul's is the better album. As a matter of fact, um, Eddie Trunk says that the Paul Paul's album is his favorite album. So to me, that's like. I don't know about it because while Paul's is my second favorite of the four, it's a pretty distant second. I think Ace's is way, way better. Oh, yeah. Ace really, uh, he showed up and kind of was like, uh, I'll show you motherfuckers Mm -hmm. mode with that. And, you know, and he had a pretty sick, um, you know, group of guys that played on the record, too. Right. Um. You know, Anton Fig drummed on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know he and Anton Fig had been there, their their stand-in for Peter for a minute mm-hmm. uh, already, which at the time nobody knew because Kiss was all fucking smoke and mirrors, where they tried to make you think that dudes were playing on albums that they weren't, <laughs> and they that they even did that with their with the big comeback album. Uh, Psycho Circus. Oh, it's the 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 original guys back at it again. But it was fucking Tommy Thayer and <laughs> everybody else playing on that shit, except for a couple of tracks. I think I can see the argument for for Paul's. I think he probably had a more notable group of dudes uh, playing on it, like you said. Um, he, you know, any, you know, yeah, Carmine a piece on there, and Bob Kulik, uh, Bob had already, he'd been a stand-in uh, on some shit too, and then of course his brother Bruce ended up in the band in the '80s and '90s, so you got kind of a blueprint there of, and I've I've heard it s- said that you know if, if you listen to that Paul album you kind of get a blueprint for what the eighties kiss is going to be because that was Paul's band at that point. Gene was trying to be an actor for some reason and shit like that. So he's barely doing anything. So all the fucking singles for a lot of their big albums in after creatures were the Paul ones. And Paul was the main guiding force on that. So you see that here, you see like, okay, this is a, it's a very good power pop album mm-hmm. so i i'm with you where it's a, it's second for me i wouldn't say it's a huge distance second because i do think um the standout tracks on that are really good and could have been a kiss album as, you know as as we're gonna get there 
yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about the them individually. So much has been said about these already that it this was the height of, you know, this was, you know, pride goeth before the fall, I guess. It's, right. You had Kiss at their their height. They're like, well, we're going to do these four solo albums. And then people kind of shat on half of them. Mm-hmm. And then the follow up was Dynasty. Yeah. And that was not as well received by the hardcore fans. And you also see Kiss is chasing trends at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, they're even their own trends. Mm-hmm. So before, even before Dynasty, like you said, uh, Peter had the breakout hit with Beth. So, well, he's he's the fucking ballad guy. If we want to have a hit, we need a Peter Chris ballad. So, you know, was I think it's on? Is it on Destroyer that he does Hard Luck Woman? Yeah. Uh, so there's Peter Chris with Hard Luck Woman, a song that was supposed to be for, uh, uh, Rod Stewart <laughs> and it fucking sounds like it when it would have been a it. great Rod Stewart song, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? Um, so you kind of, and that wasn't the hit that they thought it was going to be because they really thought that was going to be Beth part two for them. Right. And then Ace was the one with the hit mm-hmm. on the. On the solo records with New York Groove, well, Ace has got a hit with a cover song. Well, guess what? He's singing 2000 Man on Dynasty. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they also had the, you know, it's Dynasty's The Disco album. Right. And shit like that. And I still think, I think Dynasty, if you go back and listen to it now, it's not as bad as people act like it was. But at the time, people were like, what the fuck is this? You know? And, right. Dudes that had convinced themselves that Kiss was like this hard rocking band. Oh, they're disco now. They're pop now. And they've always been kind of a pop rock band, but people didn't want to admit that. It's like all the dudes now that are super into Ghost. Oh, yeah. The last couple of albums are like, what the fuck is going on with their they they've hit their dynasty period where it's like pop songs and shit like that, that, you know, people that first got into the band are now starting to be kind of done with them. So we're kind of seeing that, you know, you put on a bunch of silly face paint, eventually you got to make a poppy album, and then your your original fans get mad at you. Right. But the funny thing about Kiss is that they were so huge at the time. Even their failures made money. You know, Dynasty was a huge album. And even Kiss Meets the Phantom made money. They were all successful projects. So it's like, even, it's like you have to sit there and be like, okay, well, this sucked and this sucked and this sucked. And other bands would be like celebrating those things because it sold over a million and look at how many people watched it and this and that, you know, but that's how big they were, man, at that time. Like uh, somebody said it was uh, Starsky and Hutch, Charlie's Angels and Kiss. That's what was going on in 78 or whatever. So yeah, man, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, the interesting thing about that, though, is before we finally jump into this is, you know, yeah, they were huge. And then it just plummeted mm-hmm. just after you can only make so many sucky things in a row. Right. Before people are fucking over it, you know, so like, yeah, Dynasty Platinum before that, you know, you know, it was you if you look at it, you know, you had once you know alive came out they were pretty much platinum with all their releases 
Dynasty Platinum off of, you know, some pretty big singles, but then Unmasked. Yeah. Gold. You know, um, I remember being at the Kmart in Spring Valley, looking at the cover of Unmasked because it was kind of like a comic book. Yeah. You kind of had to read the panels as I was looking at it, whatever, whatever. And some older guy just was right behind me and just goes, don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) I said, cool, man. All right. Well, you know, Uh, but yeah. So there was that. Yeah. It was a backlash. And you know what? And that album sucked and the elders sucked. And like you said, you can't, you can only fucking do so much. And, and, and two, you can't feel, you can't be like the biggest band in the world and have people feel like you're, you having an identity crisis. You know, like you don't even know what kind of band you are. Well, the problem is, is, you know, once Creatures came out, it was too late. Mm -hmm. That was the album that Ace kept fucking saying they needed to make. And they did The Elder instead. Yep. And that ate a dick because it was this big fucking project that was supposed to have a movie accompanying it that never happened. So now you got a soundtrack for a non-existent movie and nobody knows what's (laughs) happening. Because nobody knows what the fucking storyline for this stupid thing is supposed to be. Or who the fuck the elder is. Yeah, (laughs) nothing. It wouldn't have made it better, but it would have added fucking context. Yeah. And I'd seen something. There's some project with people trying to um, at least put together like the screenplay of the elder on what the hell this thing would have been. Right. So people could maybe read it and listen along and go like, oh. That's, I guess, you know, but at the same time, you have Paul in there with like, I am just a boy. Like, <laughs> and that shit was just, what are, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, and even with context, that's not good. Yeah. And so people were just done. And the thing is, is they always talk about like Gene is always, you know, when people ask Gene and Paul, oh, what the hell was going on with this album? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, a lot of cocaine. Well, it wasn't you fucking square-ass motherfuckers doing a bunch of coke. You were sober the whole time. Right. Yeah, you guys were driving. <laughs> you let your fucking producers get coked up and fucking come up with a concept album for you. And you went along with it going like, oh, this is going to make us seem like serious musicians. Right. And then after the fact, they're like, oh, yeah, that was bad, huh? And they finally put out Creatures, but they had too much stink on them Mm. that nobody bought it at the time. Now Creatures of the Night is gold. A lot of these albums that are gold and shit now, they didn't sell at the time. This is shit that got, uh, once Kiss kind of refound their popularity, uh, people bought up. You know, Creatures of the Night has got a little bit of vindication that way. Yeah. Oh, I remember hearing the song Creatures of the Night on the radio and digging it and just going, oh, shit. It was one of those kisses back, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, that didn't really sound like Ace, though. But that's okay. Kisses back, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they really smart move on their part, though, with Lick It Up. They were like, you know what? I think the image is tainted. Mm-hmm. People are associating us with corny shit. Right. Um, so let's take up all take off all our gimmick makeup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of funny at the same time to be like, oh, they're associating with this, this corny shit. Right. So let's make fucking Gene Simmons look like a beat up ass hooker. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> make it look like a fucking Frankenstein woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we've talked about this before. I just feel so bad for Gene in that era because Paul, the star child 
was not that far removed. Yeah, no, he was he made for that. He just put on some different, you know, glammy shit. Yeah. And he's dancing around. He's doing his whole thing. He's doing everything he did before. Right. And the demon, all of a sudden you're asking this poor guy to be glam. Yeah. And Rough. he looked horrible. And he Rough. looked uncomfortable. And as he should have been. Yeah. And, you know, they hired <laughs> Vinnie Vincent for a minute there. And fucking he, he fit the part. His little... Yep. Little perfect, yeah. Fay looking, yeah. <laughs> Just he was the twink of the band there, and uh, Eric Carr was able to just kind of get by, yeah. But yeah, it's it's funny that they like they we need to get away from this corny shit. We need to do what's in, which quickly became corny. Yeah, which quickly became out. Yeah, yeah. But they the thing that was still thing trend chasing. Yeah. It just sold that at that point. Right. I don't know how. I, I mean, lick it up. I've given it a chance in later years, and it's a pretty solid record, you know. Sure. But goddamn, when everybody else was all about, you know, Motley Crue and Poison and, sh- you know, shit like that, the fact that Kiss was able to reinvent themselves as a glam band, mm-hmm. um, which really is just kind of just bringing back what kiss originally was because right. you know, before they Almost. came up with the characters, they were kind of a glam band. Yeah. Um, so they just reinvented that. But the fact that it worked is impressive. It worked for white snake. Right. They had a band that was like doing shit all through the seventies with the, the old lead singer from fucking deep purple. Yep. And all of a sudden they're a hair metal, you yeah. know, band, some heavy blues guys. One dude wore a hat. Yeah. 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 That's, yep. They reinvented and, and there it went. <laughs> I like the, uh, one dude wore a hat, man. You know, they ain't mean when they're wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, uh, all right. So let's, let's jump in on this. So we had a little bit of a sidetrack. Like I was, I knew it was going to happen, but of course we we're having fun with it. We're fucking shooting from the hip. Uh, so, this is uh I haven't come up with what I would call this album. Maybe we can think of maybe after the fact we could think of what we'd actually name this, you know, All right. as a Kiss album. Uh they don't usually name them after singles or anything like that. But yeah, maybe call it United or some shit. I was like. about to say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh my track list uh by Track one, and so I gave myself a little leeway. We said ten out. We said ten, mm-hmm. but I did say we could have a bonus track. Right. So uh, that's for the Japanese market. For the Japanese, get something of extra. course. Yeah. <laughs> so f- track one is uh, "Rip It Out," Ace Freely. I just figure, you know, the best. W- you got to put your best foot forward on this, mm-hmm. and you know, "Rip It Out" is the the opening track for aces mm-hmm. and it just immediately grabs your attention mm-hmm. and it's high energy it's you know it it just tells you what this is mm-hmm. and it's probably out of all of them it's the best opening track by far and i just thought it just gets straight to the point great way to kick it off and lead that into uh, track number two it's all right by Paul Stanley. So we're keeping the energy up. Yeah. 
that's the probably the most high energy Paul Stanley track for that I think, and it's super catchy. It kind of matches that tempo almost for Rip It Out. So you got two kind of bangers in a row here mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh, man, this is fun. I'm getting into this. Track number three, I need to put a little asterisk on this. I went with Radioactive for Gene. Mm-hmm. But my asterisk on this is fucking get rid of the intro to that right. fucking song. Yeah. It Without the intro... It's a solid rock track. I like it. Um, I don't, you know, it's it's not egregious in any way. It's pretty solid. I like it. It's it's on. It's more in character for Gene. Mm-hmm. There's some other songs on there that um, are more Gene that I didn't put on there. And I think you had like a uh, Tunnel of Love as one of your picks for him, which is very Gene also. Right. No, I had See You Tonight. Okay. Oh no no wait, wait a minute no I I didn't have I didn't have an an extra Gene song okay you just put one, one yeah I, okay so now here this is where we get to the uh, the hard part so my basically I was trying not to do back to back songs by each dude right so I'm having you know everybody gets a turn first to me the least offensive. Peter Chris song was hooked on rock and roll. Okay. And so I got that as my fourth track and it's kind of solidly in the middle. So you're kind of, I think of it like when I'm, if I'm doing a set and if I'm working out a new bit and I don't want to go to an open mic, I put it in the middle. Uh, (laughs) I hide it in there. People are going to remember the start and the finish, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Right. So I'm hiding Peter Chris in the middle there with uh, hooked on rock and roll. It's fine. It's the least, I'm, I don't know if I'd say it's the least yacht Rocky, but I guess to me it was the least shitty right. yacht Rocky. Uh, this is my own doing of forcing us to, I, if I would have had my, you know, just pick whatever, like I wouldn't have had Peter on this bullshit at all. Right. But I figured we had to have one. Um, right. Let me do those four. Okay. Rip it out. Banger. You know, it's got it's got a sick riff. It's got the sick chorus. We see um, dudes fight to it. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. And and you know what? And that's true of some of the songs from Ace's album. Is that these are the only songs that are probably still getting played live anywhere? You know, and he he still has them in his set. So yeah, definitely um, a banger. Uh, two was uh, it's all right. I I like the riff. It's very Kiss. If there's one thing I was waiting for, there's a per, a couple of perfect spots for like a ripping solo, but it never came. So I was kind of bummed out about that. But it's a great song, you know. It's 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 Paul, you know. Radioactive, like you said, got to get rid of that intro, whatever the hell that was. Um, but it's a cool song. It's got. Um, it's got a lot of good elements. The only thing to me is, like I said, it sounds kind of demo-ish. Uh, it doesn't sound like... I think... Put it this way. I think if Radioactive was done by Kiss, it would have been better than if it had... you know. And, and I'm sure that's true of a lot of Gene songs. Number four, Hooked on Rock and Roll. Peter, I didn't have that on mine. But it's, an, it's another one of those, man. It's, you know... 
It's got horns and shit and piano, and it's not, you know, it's just like not a rock song, and it, which is all good, but, you know, Kiss is a rock band, so it just seems like they should have they probably got that. And then here I'll go to, I'll cover my uh, Peter song, which was, that's the kind of Sugar Papa likes. And the reason that I picked that is just because I wanted to pick the song that was called That's the Kind of Sugar Papa Likes. <laughs> so, like, I didn't like none of these motherfuckers, but yeah. I picked something, so I drew it out of a hat. You know? Yeah, but it, it was, it was you know, it's a cool little song. It has uh, some good backing vocals. It has an actual guitar solo in it, which is good. Some of the, some of the songs on, on Peter's album didn't. So, yeah, so then that's, that's my... Um, that's my uh, number four. So that would be on my album would be That's the Kind of Sugar Papa Likes in the Place of Hooked on Rock and Roll. Okay. I mean, they're all interchangeable, honestly. Like, there's not one that I'm like, oh, I'm going to argue with you on the Peter Chris. Right, right, right. We're just trying to get that out of the way. That was me trolling you, really, making that rule. I was like, no, you got to listen to this bullshit all the way through and pick one. (laughs) (laughs) You could have just picked the first one on there, and I wouldn't even notice. Uh, (laughs) I listened to one track. That's enough. Okay, so after Hooked on Rock and Roll, uh, Circle Back Around Ace with Snowblind. That one is another song that makes it into his set list still it's got a fucking sick riff nashville pussy has covered it so it's you know uh a very a pretty well loved song about cocaine mm-hmm. um probably the second best song titled Snowblind. yeah <laughs> you know right it's you know what i tell you what if, if we're going songs about cocaine it's not as good as black sabbath snowblind but it's better than eric clapton cocaine agreed, agreed. <laughs> which i'm sure other people argue with me about it but i never got the fucking appeal of eric clapton 
um, the way other people did and act like he's the sickest guitarist in the history of sick guitarists. Right. Certainly not. Um, I mean, Layla kind of rips, but yeah, (laughs) I I can give him that. But, um, so after Snowblind, we're going back to Paul with, wouldn't you like to know me? Right. Uh, another up tempo, fun, kind of power poppy song about fucking, uh, <laughs> that's, there's kind of a theme. <laughs> yeah. Cause honestly, that's all, uh, it's all right is about, you know, it's all right is basically saying it's all right if you only want to fuck tonight and ne- <laughs> yeah. I never have to see you again. Right. You know, and. Paul is very literal with a lot of things. So, like, wouldn't you like to know me? He's just substituting the word fuck for with right. no. Exactly. <laughs> I've also made that co- comparison that uh, anytime they say love in a kiss yes. song, they mean fucking. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. So, you know, fuck gun and. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> little, little more unsettling if it's I stole your fuck, but, you know. I think that one's a little bit more on the nose of I I don't know. It's a, I've, I'd like to say I'd like to say that doesn't imply that he raped a chick in that song, but <laughs> um, so we're going back to Gene and this I only have two by Gene. I basically kind of went four three two one type of thing and went with see you tonight. <laughs> I figured it'd be interesting to have a Gene ballad instead of a Peter ballad on there. And as far as ballads go, it's okay. And the reason why it always stuck out to me is um, the first Kiss CD I ever actually bought. I think I talked about this before is I had ordered out of, you know, this fucking Tower Columbia Record Club or whatever it was back in high school. And it was Kiss Unplugged. And I got that. And, of course, it's, you know, all acoustic versions of Kiss. So I got alive pretty quickly after that. Right. To get the real deal. (laughs) But they did mix in some tracks on that that would fit the acoustic setting better that were kind of deeper cuts. And they did See You Tonight on that as the actual band. Ooh. It's It's all acoustic. But you have everybody on their planes, you know, doing Sea Tonight. They also did a World Without Heroes from The Elder. Oh, yeah. Which is a lot less good. It was cool that they had that in there. So it's something that they actually played live as a band at one point. 
So I'm giving it that. I'll let you, if you want to comment on my next, uh, the last few ones on there. Which were uh, five, and s- five, six, seven. Five, six, seven was Snowblind, Wouldn't You Like to Know Me, and See You Tonight. Okay, uh, so Snowblind, like you said, it's got the, it's got the riff. It's, it's a sick song. It's about, I, I love songs about drugs. I just, I mean, not necessarily drugs, but like whatever it is that you're really doing at the time, I like when, when they go out of their way to like explain it to me or like, you know, illustrate it to me. So I, so I like that as a theme. Now it can go too far, like, um, like on the same album, Ozone which is another song about drugs, but it's just basically turns into how many words can I rhyme with high, you know? <laughs> and that kind of loses it. So that's one of my mentions there, Ozone. So number six, Wouldn't You Like to Know Me? Wouldn't You Like to Know Me is like, could have been a, I'm surprised it wasn't a hit. Like it's, a, it's on the pop side, but it, it's, it's catchy and I could have easily seen it being a hit during that time uh see you tonight is next from gene and it's a cool song and the only reason that it didn't make mine it would have been the next one to make mine from gene but the only reason that it didn't was because it for slow acoustic songs like that i need like a real good vocal you know and he's just not the a real good vocalist i think the song suffers from from that and that's another thing, too, is that, like, for example, on Ace's album, he sings all the songs. He plays all the guitars. Nobody else plays guitar on that album, you know. Uh, but for the other guys, like Gene or like Paul, who's not, you know, necessarily a virtuoso or anything or whatever, like Gene could have got other people, like more people on his album to make it more... Um, you know, he could have got a singer on this. He could have even got Cher. He was with Cher at the time, you know? So it's like he could have got, I don't know. It's just missing something for me, and that's why it's not on mine. That's fair. Yeah. I do kind of, it's kind of funny looking at the Ozone lyrics. A high, fly, shy, try, yeah. mine, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting high all the time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's... We're not no one ever accused Ace Freely being a great songwriter. Right, right, right. But he just writes um, cool shit. He he's an honest songwriter. There you go. And that's I think that's why I'm fine with Gene's vocals on See You Tonight. No, he's not a great vocalist, but he's got character to his voice, and sometimes that 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 accounts for a lot. Ace has a lot of character to his voice. He's not a great vocalist, and I wouldn't want to see really listen to him sing ballads. Right. But, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, Ozzy ballads blow up all the time. Yeah. And he doesn't have that traditional voice of a balladeer, but he's his voice has character, and there's a sincerity to it. Yeah. That does shine through. Yeah, emotion to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I kind of think Ozzy's a unique case, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, he gets away with a lot, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's still, it's kind of funny that, uh, just to rewind back to that before I finish this off, 
that was one of the things that Lemmy got bent out of shape about. He thought for sure he's going to blow up with his ballad. I'm not a nice guy, you know, after all. Mm. And he had Ozzy on it. And he's like, well, Ozzy had a ballad and that was huge. Well, I'm, I'm doing a ballad with Ozzy. Maybe that'll be huge. Right. And it really wasn't. And even though Lemmy's voice, it's not a ballad or, you know, it's, a, it's not a song, a voice for ballads. It does have that sincerity to it. Even on that song, he sounds kind of like the, the remorseful old guy at that point mm-hmm. in his voice. But Lemmy is funny. If you ever want to, re- if you ever read his autobiography, um, uh, white line fever, he really goes into his gripes about some of his songs, not being as huge as he thought they should have been. <laughs> he fucking, he's got a little chip on his shoulder in his story that you didn't expect. He gripes that he, he said his, uh, he thought his cover of, Cat Scratch Fever should have blown up and then it was better than the Nuges. Oh, wow. He didn't get big with the uh, with his ballad like he thought he was going to. He's like, I got fucking Aussie on it and yeah. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> or um, he, he kind of griped that the new wave of British heavy metal didn't do shit for him. <laughs> All these other British metal bands blew up and got a little bit of rub for it. So like well, priest who predated it kind of got a bump. Right. And he felt like motorhead didn't get that bump. Well, he should have quit announcing that he was playing rock and roll. Well, that's the thing, but <laughs> he was kind of an influence on that scene. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, you know, those bands, the new wave of British heavy metal bands, they were kind of influenced by bands like Priest and bands like Motorhead. Right. And then kind of put together their own sound off of that. A lot of that speed came from Motorhead. Right. So he felt like he he influenced all these bands and didn't get a, a career yeah. boost from it like the way others did. And then he... But then he go goes out of his way to compliment Metallica for always giving Motorhead credit and always um, talking about Motorhead and he Metallica was good for his career. So <laughs> side just random side tangents that come out when we're doing weird shit like this. Okay, let's 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 finish this off. I got my my last three tracks and then my bonus track. So after See You Tonight was the the chill out moment. We're back with Ace and speeding back to my baby. Another upbeat, fun, ace song. And I don't mean maybe, you know. (laughs) Another of them, real real simple rhymes, but it's fun. We got our last Paul song and Take Me Away Together as One. Together, I remember 
That might be, aside from some of the big Kiss hits, obviously, Ooh. that might be one of the best songs that Paul Stanley has written. Like, it's really got, like, an epic, big quality to it you don't associate with Kiss. So it's it doesn't sound much like Kiss at this point. But I think the first time I listened to it, I had mentioned it to you. It sounds like you could, you could hear Dio sing it. Ooh. And, you know, the riff isn't even all that far off from something like that. So you're kind of seeing a little preview of even metal. Some of the big, you know, bombastic epic metal songs are going to start sounding like, and it's just a really, really cool song that I think kind of got lost to time because, you know, Paul, he, he was all in with kiss this entire time. He had one other solo album in the two thousands and then he did like a live performance on his own that has some of these songs on it. And then some songs off of that album just to have fun with. But other than that, he's only had the two solo albums. As far as I know, I think he's going to do some doo-wop bullshit, which fucking old rockers love doing. Ooh. They start fucking getting old and start thinking they can do Motown for some reason. Yeah. This shit. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but yeah, it's not like Gene ever had, a solo album after that. Nope. He was all in with Kiss. You know, Ace, obviously, he had to continually have solo albums. Yeah. I'm hesitant to call the Freely's Comet albums Ace solo albums. Right. Because Freely's Comet was supposed to be a band. Yeah. And it was collaborative. We had a yeah. singer. Yeah. It's, of course, it's got, you know, it's, it's Ace's comeback, but it was a band. Freely's Comet was a band. And then after Freely's Comet kind of had their two, was it, you know, their two records, you know, second sighting had come out. I don't know if it did as well as the first one. And he just kind of put out, he, from there on out, it's just Ace Freely. Right. And Peter Chris put out some solo shit after he left Kiss that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah. But he did show up for, um, one of, he did, he does guest on one of, uh, Ace's later solo albums though. Uh, Trouble Walkin' has, uh, Peter Chris on there. And Trouble Walkin's fun. Yeah, it's it's fine. I'm I'm not going to say it's like the best thing, but Ace, I think, has had a he's had a pretty consistent output Mm -hmm. of solo shit. Sure. And he's coming out with one uh, pretty soon. 
Right. They keep talking about it's going to blow everybody away. Yeah. It's, like, it's going I mean, to shut them up about him not being able to play no more or whatever shit they've been talking. Yeah, and, and I have no doubt. I just hope it's I hope it's organic. When I Whenever I hear uh, an oldie sounding really super, super, super confident about what their new shit is going to sound like, it drives me back to that where, like, that Andrew Watt shit with Ozzy and and I don't know if you if you uh, heard, but he also had a hand in the new the Rolling Stones. Stones album, and he's fucking with Paul McCartney or whatever. I I feel like he's like the new he's like AI for music. You know, it's just like give him a riff, give him a title, give him a some lyrics, and boom, here you go. Here's your song in your style. You know what I mean? Uh, which is, I mean it. Obviously, an awesome skill to have. I just don't know what it's what what the end result is. So, hopefully, this is just a a, a kick ass organic Ace album like like they have been, and um, hopefully, he's playing at a higher level than he was the last time we saw him for the recordings. I'm so, sure he's fine in the studio. Um. That was. I'll see him. I, I'll. I'd see him again. Oh yeah, I know for sure. It was I'm, still I'm, a fun show. I'm here for the whole ride. I'm here for the whole ride. I want to see you in all in all your glory and in all your uh, doldrums as well. Yeah, you know? and he uh, he re- he rallied in the second. You know the towards the end of that show. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was. Maybe he was drunk. Maybe he's getting a little old. They had to keep changing his shirt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With help. And letting the band fucking jam on shit, but he's also popping up. Out, was that a Kiss song? What the fuck was that you were just playing? What song was that again? Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah. then he, you know, once he got to his so- spotlight solo, he kind of ripped on that, and he had a good show towards the end. I think you know, but yeah, we'll we'll see how the Mace albums go because honestly, uh, Bassman. We weren't that into, if I recall. Right. I thought the, tr- I just think the track order was weird. And then his last one was Origins Volume Two, right. which you know, so a bunch of cover songs, so old guy shit, the, a bunch of songs I wasn't really into. Yeah. Uh like even some from bands that I like, like I didn't really want to hear him sing Space Trucking, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. But then he also did She. Uh, mm-hmm. So he he keeps throwing kiss songs on these, uh, which on Origins Volume One was fun because he did uh, rock and roll hell mm-hmm. as his way of going like, oh man, this is what creatures could have sounded like if I played on it. Right. And he's his big regret is he didn't get to play on that album because it was the album he wanted them to make. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Take Me Away Together as One is awesome. <laughs> right. And now we're down to my final track and my Japanese audience exclusive bonus track. (laughs) Last track on the, you know, out of the 10 is New York Groove. Right. That's the hit. It's the fucking, that's the big hit out of all of them. It'd be kind of weird to put this together and not have New York Groove on it. Mm -hmm. And it's a fucking fun song. So there's, I can't say anything bad about New, New York Groove other than it's a cover song. But it's a cover that was better than the original version. Mm-hmm. And it had that that ace swagger to it that he brings to cover songs um, for good or for ill sometimes. He also, you know, he's also covered Space Cowboy in the past. And I wasn't 
very big on that. But <laughs> and then my uh, my bonus track. This is the only time we we're gonna have two aces in a row for the bonus track was Fractured Mirror. Okay, as, you know his. It's a good instrumental that he has been trying to recreate ever since. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I think uh, Freely's Comet has Fractured Part Two. Yeah, second sight. Either second sighting or one of the other ones off that has like fractured three. So he's been trying to do. He goes back to it and none of them sound the same. It's fractured two T O O like Teen Wolf two or look who's talking to. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think he actually comes on to that song. Doesn't he like it's playing when he when they walk on or something. Oh, it might be. Yeah, I'm trying to track down all his, uh, all his f- fractureds. Uh, Fractured three is on trouble walking. Anomaly has uh, that's the one I keep forgetting to listen to. Uh, has fractured quantum <laughs> and uh, space invader is the first one that doesn't have that shit. It has. Uh, he does have a, he does have an instrumental, but it's not called Fractured. <laughs> so, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if Fractured Mirror is also about cocaine. Yeah, probably. It's just no words. <laughs> but then he got like Quantum Flux on uh, Spaceman, and we'll see what's on Ten Thousand Volts. Yeah, uh, coming next year. Maybe it'll be Fractured Fractured Four or no? Well, Fractured Quantum, I guess, was Fractured Four. I don't right. know. It'll be fractured something. Or maybe he's done doing that. But Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Somehow I got left with songs that were not on the list, but I'll figure it out. Um speaking back to my baby, obviously it's a cool song because it's like it's one of those where it's like it's a fun song. It's a true song. It's about what you're actually going through, and it's and it's kind of a uh, probably like a weird humble moment for a rock star to be like, yeah, I, you know what? I better just go back to this chick because I'm not gonna do better than her, you know, or whatever. So I like that. You know, it's it's a <clears throat> cool song. Take Me Away, Together as One, I, is awesome. 
Uh, that's that song has Carmine on it. Solid drums. It's got you know Bob Kulik fucking solid lead guitar. You know this uh, in that similar style. You know, so yeah, awesome. New York Groove is one of those songs that the first time that I heard it because I literally heard it when it came out. You know. <laughs> Was I was like, what the hell is this? Dun, 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 dun. You know, I was just like, whatever. But it's one of those that grew on me. And it's come to represent the time. Like, even if you watch, like, some, you know, show where they do throwback to, to the late 70s or whatever, that song will inevitably be on there. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's like an old crime movie or something in New York, it's they're going to throw it in there. Yeah, you know, so it, it has that a real solid, you know, time and place stamp on it. And it's part of the pop culture from that time, you know. Great song. The song that I have on mine that you don't have on yours is Love in Chains from Paul's album. just really thought that like this is practically a kiss song like the intro is is uh bob kulik on guitar sounds like ace it's i'm sure it's supposed to be in the ace style style the it's got that big chorus 
you know, um, the solo again sounds kind of like Ace. So it's got, you know, a lot of continuity kiss-wise, you know. And then for my honorable mention, oh, no, hold up. I still have another one. Um, I'm in need of love is somehow is on my list. It's another one of those where, again, it's just like where somehow Ace could just make a song out of what he's thinking. It's like, man, you know, I'm in need of love. You know, why don't you give me some, you know? It also has to the um the something that this whole album had, which is like which is I'm in need of love. Wah, 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 wah. So it's got all <laughs> these like spacey effects. Yeah. So, you know, he's space ace and spacey effects on the on the album throughout is kind of on brand. It kind of brings the whole thing together. And so yeah, I I like that song. So that one's on there. And then for my honorable mention is um, What's On Your Mind from the Ace album also, which totally would have been on my list if they just decided to go with heavy guitars for the riff instead of whatever that is. It it sounds like a heavy guitar turned down really low with Mm -hmm. an acoustic guitar over the top. And it just takes the balls out of it for me. So that's the only reason that that song is not uh, higher on the actual album, but my honorable mention. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got to give Ace credit. He's got that. Um, he's got that similar Ian Gillian just singing about whatever's going on at that exact moment right? style, which can be a it can it could also be a detriment sometimes depending on what oh, you're totally. going through. Uh, with Ace, it's generally interesting all the time because he's fucked up all the time in the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. So when he's singing about what's going on, it's some crazy shit. Whereas yeah. Ian Gillen, he partied, but not like that. So his right. songs are like, oh, when you hear D- Disturbing the Priest, like, oh, man, yeah. this sounds evil, but it's just about, like, being loud and the priest that lived nearby was all upset. And despite the fact that that has one of my favorite vocal lines of, like, all of Ian Gillen in there is fucking when it's just, like, that kind of quiet vocals with the bass is pretty sick for then, you know, trashed is about fucking crashing yeah like a go-kart or some shit yeah well no it's um fucking (laughs) probably they were probably fucking fucking with bill's car yeah no it's it had to be bill right (laughs) but it's you know and that one it's you know it's that's a little too on the nose because like i said uh, we've talked about that one before just the way he says tequila yeah. Was like, yeah, there was no tequila. You know, <laughs> that's my Ian Gillen for all y'all. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of their a lot of his songs are a little too literal. Even "Smoke on the Water" is a fucking legendary song, and it's just singing about shit that happened. Yeah, <laughs> which makes yeah. it difficult when you have another singer come in, right? And you know when other dudes come in and sing those songs whether it's in rainbow or um deep purple mm-hmm. it's not the same you know when you have fucking uh doogie white singing that on the um that live record they did with rainbow right where when rainbow even at that point it wasn't rainbow anymore it was it was let's get some dude that could sing all the blackmore songs right so they had purple in in that thing so but you got a guy singing smoke on the water and it sounds technically good but Mm. you weren't there this is a song about you know what what ian gillen and the guys saw although i think smoke the actual smoke on the water part was written by um i think john lord came up with like the smoke on the water part oh okay. like he was looking out over the lake and was like oh smoke on the water oh that's sick (laughs) you know well, let me give you the let me give you the worst possible fucking scenario for what you were just talking about because I just saw it last month, <laughs> and that was Ingve doing "Smoke on the Water" and singing it as well, which was obviously not ideal. And the fucked up thing was that Glenn Hughes opened the show, and they didn't do nothing together. They didn't. They could have done like a little purple medley or something it would have been like epic you know and it was a pretty fucking epic show it was pretty badass show Ingve was Ingve, and glenn hughes was a lot more than i expected him to be he was fucking he's a fucking badass performer so yeah i really wish they would have fucking put that together somehow on stage i mean you know hello it's a no-brainer you know he's a blackmore disciple in glenn hughes when he, when that was you know when that that was announced when you saw, oh, I'm going to go check this out. I'm like, oh, that'd be sick if they did something together. Right? 
yeah, that sounds unappealing. Like, I kind of want to watch the video now. But, you know, Singve at his best is fucking not the best idea. Let alone him singing songs from other people that are personal. Way better than him. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I don't know. Homeboy needs to make up with one of his previous singers and fucking do something with them. If. You know, if Ted Nugent can make amends with what's his face that sang on those early records and tour with him again, fucking Ingve can fucking get fucking I don't one of them. What Jeff Scott Soto? Yeah, he's or the fucking, one. Yeah, it has to happen. Hasn't soon, Doogie man. sang with them at R- one point? Yeah, yeah, it sure did. Ripper, Ripper. I I love the Ingve albums with Ripper. Those are fucking heavy albums, but you know, I guess yeah, Rippers. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I think KK's Priest and Ingve are probably playing at same size places. So I don't know if which one would be a better gig, but I'm assuming yeah. KK's a better gig, just more less bullshit. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah, Rippers, fucking Ripper. You know, he's he's great for. Whatever random ass project you can't think of someone better for. There you go. He's still got a good voice and everything else, but yeah, I mean he's really he's he's coasting on being the replacement singer for Priest. You know, twenty plus years ago, he's got a career out of that. So hey, good on him. I like Ronnie Romero as my go to guy. If I if I was needed somebody in a pinch, that'd be my dude. <laughs> Ronnie, I really like him on um, Elegant Weapons. Ronnie, I like doing his own Mm -hmm. shit. When he was first doing Rainbow, at first I was just excited that Rainbow was back. And I was like, hell yeah. And this guy's got some fucking vocals. He can sing. Mm -hmm. But then the more you listen to it, the more you start picking it apart and you start going like, "Uh, he ain't as good as fucking Dio. And nobody is. But then you start going like, eh, he's not as good as Doogie. (laughs) And yeah, and it was, oh, they were all, oh, Rainbow, Rainbow, Rainbow's back, Rainbow's back. And it was just fucking Blackmore's Night with Ronnie Romero. And like, I'm pretty sure his wife still sang backup vocals. Pretty sure. So yeah, that shit was a, a huge letdown. And it was all just... Like you said, it was whack. It was just, oh, I, Blackmore can't do it anymore. Right. He's all strummy and <laughs> yep. he's just standing there with his stupid pilgrim hat. And... <laughs> yeah, with his guitar all high. <laughs> no tremolo bar. Yeah. Blackmore without a tremolo Fuck bar. It. Yeah, he's he's playing it like a beetle and shit. Like... Yeah. <laughs> all right. So... On that note, let's just put it out there. What do you think are the odds that this December 2nd Last Kiss show is actually the Last Kiss show? Ooh. Um, I wouldn't bet money on it. Um, (laughs) Gene's already said it's not going to be the Last Kiss show, but... He fucking said what we all thought they were going to fucking do. He basically talked about this and basically said, oh, well, the Kiss experience 
Uh. will go on forever. And he kind of hinted at the an official Kiss tribute act would continue on. So it would be Kiss. I don't know how well it would go over. Right. Because it sounds like it'd be, okay, if you take a Kiss tribute band, but give them all the stage show that Kiss usually gets. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can go watch it and be like, oh, man, there's still like badass fireworks and stuff that mm-hmm. all the other Kiss Triviacs can't do. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Like if, you know, fucking the, you know, dudes from Kissed Alive or whatever. Yeah, I suddenly say, got, I've got the guitar player for that project. Yeah. Got like a bitchin' stage show. You know? I feel like the guitar player for it would still be Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Unfortunately. I feel like they would just be like, "Okay, Tommy, um, run with it. You're, you're now in air air quotes kiss, right? Because Yeesh. I don't think Tommy Thayer, I don't think he has a career outside of Kiss. Probably not. I don't not. think once it's done, I think he's done. Yeah, or unless he's in this like new this project where they he gets to play Kiss songs, right? Dressed as fucking Ace with a bunch of other with with new fake guys yeah. on top of it." And he gets to be like, well, I played in the original one, sort of. Yeah. And maybe maybe Eric Singer does it, too. Or maybe he just retires. Yeah. Eric Singer's a weird cat for me. Uh, mm. Just literally, who says he's the cat man now. Um, <laughs> this is a dude that, in his own right, was a cool, successful drummer. Oh, yeah. He's been in a lot of bands. And... Yeah, he's fucking been in Badlands. He's fucking been in Black Sabbath. He's had, like, an incredible career. Mm-hmm. He was in Gary Moore's band in a video that I just saw the other day. He was in Gary Moore's band with Bob Daisley. Yeah. And then he was, um, you know, he was in Kiss mm-hmm. for a while there after Eric, Eric Carr passed away. And he came in, and I remember the, there was that, oh, man, can we have a blonde guy in Kiss? But they made it work because at that point, it wasn't all about the Kiss look. Right. So he came in and filled in that role and was able to play how he plays. Mm-hmm. So he played those Kiss songs with his own flair. And then when they did the reunion, he kind of knew what was up. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right. The original dudes are going to make some money. I'm going to just step back. Whatever. They fucking kick Peter off the tour. Mm-hmm. Bring in Eric. Throw the fucking Catman makeup on him. But that's where I just kind of... I can't begrudge him. Because, I mean, obviously he's made some fucking money doing this. Mm-hmm. But then it became play like Peter Chris. Right. And for the last 20 years now, he's just been playing old Peter Chris songs like Peter Chris and singing Beth, (laughs) you know, it's such a weird end to his career, but everybody has these weird fucking things. When you look at like dudes that are like sick musicians that played on like Epic records and like fucking Rudy Sarso was like in the guess who and shit like that. It's like, what the fuck dude? Yeah, man. You played on some. You played with Ozzy. Yeah. You've played on the best Quiet Riot albums. Right. And now you're fucking plucking American Woman, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with 
the original fucking drummer or some shit for the band. Like it's <laughs> yeah. People, yeah, man, when you save your money, folks, yep. so you don't end up in weird bands at yep. the the twilight of your career. Or in yeah. the case of Eric, you know, Eric Singer, when Kiss is done, may you get to play whatever you want, however you want, and maybe you'll fucking sit in with some other bands. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll get to be in White Snake or something, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, just play with some dudes that need a sick mm-hmm. drummer. Yep. Tommy you know, Aldridge maybe. can't play forever. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the fucking Scorpions need a new guy for yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, despite the fact that you know the Scorpions are pretty fucking set. <laughs> uh, yeah, right now, yeah. You know, because uh, they got uh, Mickey D. Mickey D. Yeah, so he's he's fucking sick, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> he made a such. That's one of them dudes that. He was sick as fucking Motorhead, and then Lemmy died, and he's like, what? Yeah. I'm in the Scorpions now. Yeah. And brought a new energy to them. Yeah, so yeah. I think Eric has something left in him where he can do something cool with somebody else. For sure. For sure. All right. I think we probably wrap up there. Thanks for listening to our uh, Kiss solo album roundup. Until the next one, which uh, I won't guess as to where when that'll be. But probably soon. I think uh, we'll get the ball rolling again here for the new year. And uh, until the next one, it's me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And we are out. 